0: welcome to disciple making mama a podcast to encourage inspire and equip you to make disciples in your home and in the world hello and welcome to disciple making mama welcome to our evening routine that you might be a witness of (laughs) because our kids are not yet sleeping and you might hear them in the background and we are trying to get them out of their baby beds and to sleep in normal beds but that also means that they can leave their beds and just come into this room as we're recording here so yeah that is our lives (laughs) But besides my kids, I also have another very dear family member here who will join me in this podcast, my husband Hanu.
1: Hi everyone.
0: And as we did in the in a few previous podcasts already, we're going to look at one specific topic with regards to coming to faith, becoming a Christian, and we're going to kind of dig a bit deeper into that topic. And that topic today is one of those four steps that we've seen as we've been looking at different passages in the New Testament that people had to take in order to be considered Christians, Christians by the people around them, by the Christians around them. We've already spoken about repentance, about turning away from the old life and practically turning towards Jesus also in our behavior, in our way of thinking. We've spoken about faith, what aspects of faith there are and what yeah, what it means to have faith in Jesus. And today we are going to speak about baptism in water. And it was quite interesting for me as we spoke in the last episode about the way Cornelius became a Christian, the first Gentile, because we already saw that Cornelius was on a journey of repentance. His behavior was already changing and becoming more godly. And we also saw that later Peter said, God has granted repentance to the Gentiles. So we see repentance was very clearly there. We saw that faith was their faith in Jesus. That was kind of the, the missing piece for them. They had to be introduced in, to Jesus. They would known about the creator God, the God of the Old Testament, but they had to be introduced to Jesus and put their faith in him. Then in the case of Cornelius and his whole household, it was uh, remarkable and even to Peter, a very surprising thing that God immediately filled those people with his Holy Spirit and that they started praising him, that they started praying in other languages, in heavenly languages as a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think many of us might say, wonderful, now they're Christians, but that was not what Peter said. Peter also rejoiced. He was very excited And he said, now let's give them the fourth step of becoming a Christian as well. What hinders us now from baptizing them? We've seen those other steps fall in place. We've seen them take action. We've seen them respond in faith. Why is baptism so important? That's one of the things we want to look at today. Let me not get ahead of myself here. I've been using the word baptism a lot, (laughs) and it is a funny word. It's a word that we don't use in in any other context or in any other way, really, in the English language. So what does the word baptism actually mean?
1: The word baptism does come from the, the Greek, and it is a transliterated word, which means that... We're saying it in English quite similar to how they would pronounce it in the Greek. So transliteration simply means you take the word in some language and you take the same sounds and you use it in another language. Of course, to translate the language means that you take the meaning and you convert that into the other language. So it means, according to Vine's dictionary, Immersion, submersion and emergence, and according to Thayer's Greek English lexicon, to dip, to immerse or to submerge. It's actually quite a simple word. Mm-hmm. It's actually
0: sim- not a religious word.
1: No, not a religious word. A very word.
0: practical word.
1: Yes, mm-hmm. of course, in the New Testament, the uh, authors would attach a lot more meaning. When, mm-hmm. when Peter said, you must be baptized, there's more meaning that he attaches to the word than that they would now simply have associated from before. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I mean, that's the case with many very simple words in the New Testament. But for non Christians, yes, it would have simply been, for example, making tea. You're putting the tea bag into the water. So mm. you're putting a solid into a liquid. You're immersing it. Mm. So, really, the, the word, uh, the, the simplest way of, of describing it as putting a solid thing in a liquid. Mm -hmm. So, if people wanted to, uh, say, dye some wool, Mm -hmm. then they would put the wool, white wool, in purple liquid to make it purple. So, of course, you have to take the solid thing and put it in a liquid uh, to get the effect that you want.
0: So, then they would say they baptised the wool.
1: They baptised the wool. If a, a ship was baptized, it means it's on the, at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. underwater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in the New Testament, uh, when we can see where water baptism is mentioned uh, in a very practical way, then often we can see there's enough water that somebody could go underwater. Mm-hmm. Of course, most places where there are people, there's some water for you know to drink or um, for our daily living, but uh, the mm. Ethiopian eunuch uh, went down into the water, the scripture says, and John and the Baptist… Actually
0: he actually, he mm. they seem to have to to travel a little bit, and then he could say, oh, oh look, here is water. Here is water. Now, can I get back Here to is idea? water, yeah. exactly.
1: He would have had some water with him, mm-hmm. but not enough to be immersed. Yeah. And so, ah oh, there's water, I can be immersed. And the same thing, John the Immerser, John the Baptist, Uh, He baptized Jesus and many other Jews in the Jordan River where the water was plentiful. Mm. And again, Jesus, quote, came up out of the water, unquote, um, after his baptism. So all these show that that was just, it makes sense. If the word meant to immerse, then you need enough water to immerse somebody. Yeah. So the... There are also some theological reasons that correspond with this immersion meaning of the word baptism and we will also discuss that a bit.
0: So we're trying here to simply <laughs> look at the New Testament and of course simply <laughs> is is quite hard because we we don't live in that culture, we don't live in that context and we live in a Christian culture I assume everyone who's who's listening to this that has also developed certain traditions certain beliefs certain ways when it comes to baptism but if we simply look at what the New Testament says about baptism there are a few things that, that just seem to to always happen or never happen and yeah so let, let, let's look at, at some of those. For example, if we look at the New Testament, who was being baptized?
1: Yeah, so in the book of Acts, it's people who have heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. They know who Jesus is. They have put their faith in him. They know of his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. And they have shown something to repent, done something to repent, and um, yeah, they they qualified, they were baptized.
0: Yeah. By the way, there are a lot of passages, obviously, about baptism in the New Testament, both um, kind of looking forward to the baptism that we have as Christians after the death and resurrection of Jesus in the Gospels, then we have the very practical description of people's baptisms in the book of acts and then also in the epistles we we often have the writers of the epistles looking back at their own baptism or the baptism of the people that they're talking to so they are there are way too many passages to actually look at each one in this context so we're we're just kind of giving a a little summary here but we do Want to encourage you to, to go and check it out, um, yeah. What what does the New Testament say about baptism? How does it describe it? And yeah, also look specifically at these questions.
1: Yeah, there are, there are eight clear passages about uh, people being baptized in the Book of Acts. So you can ask these same questions we are asking, and specifically look at those passages and and see what you see. Yeah. Draw your own conclusions.
0: So we've spoken about who was being baptized, but who did the baptizing?
1: So, this is now one where it's very unclear, actually. There's one or two times where, maybe once or twice, that we can say, clearly that person, because it's just stated, so-and-so baptized, so-and-so. But nearly every time, it's not clear. Peter said, you uh, repent and be baptized in Acts 2. 3,000 people were baptized. Well, who baptized them? It's not clear. We can, of course, assume the 12 apostles. Um, Many times we can assume well, Philip met the Ethiopian eunuch on the road. But even then, it's like the the eunuch was baptized, but we nearly every time it's just they were baptized Mm -hmm. and not so-and-so baptized them.
0: Yeah. Even if we think about this very freshly on our mind example of Cornelius, of course, Peter was the spokesman there. He's the prominent person, but he brought actually other believers from Joppa with him. And it doesn't say Peter specifically mm. baptized them, but they were baptized. Mm. So even there, we actually don't know. Then were there any other people at the baptisms? were there witnesses was it a, yeah what was it something where it was considered necessary that there are witnesses that it's a almost a formal declaration yeah. of some sort
1: well the yeah um if we just look at practically what does the scripture say mm-hmm. then yeah again not not clear um sometimes we can assume well three thousand people were baptized <laughs>
0: okay. this is what we've been speaking about we are going to quickly pause <laughs> and see what is going on talk to you later well this is why this podcast is called disciple making Mama, <laughs> because there's a very real mama aspect to our lives so our kids had gone into the cupboard And didn't get out anymore. So we had to rescue them. Anyways, let's hope that they will sleep now. Where were we? (laughs) Were there any witnesses at the baptisms in the New Testament?
1: Yeah. So obviously there were some people. There are the Mm -hmm. people who were baptizing them. And there's if 3,000 people are being baptized, it's a very big event. There would have been others who were onlookers but almost never is that actually stated so it's again we can sort of assume it's a real life situation but there isn't something specifically stated
0: mm-hmm. then where did the baptisms happen
1: wherever there was water it seems like mm-hmm. sometimes not mentioned in in acts 2 3000 people who knows different places probably and uh, especially so soon after um, Jesus' death, perhaps it would have been dangerous to do it all in one place. Um, sometimes we we see again a river, or there is some water for the eunuch, uh, maybe a bath or a in the house in the house somehow. Yeah. So again, we're we're assuming we're. Um,
0: drawing conclusions drawing conclusions yeah context. one or once or mm.
1: twice mentioned specifically but um not not every time
0: yeah. then how were the people baptized
1: yeah well in terms of like a, a method or a recipe or you first do this and do that there wasn't there isn't something clear in the new testament um Jesus went down into the water, was baptized, came up out of the water. That seems to be as much as a of a recipe we have. Um, and yeah, I was sort of very surprised by this when I baptized people for the first time and I had to think, well, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so then you, you realize, well, these questions are really practical. And so, no, there isn't a, a very nice Baptism 101 at
0: all. Was there something that seemed to be said or asked or
1: um, yeah basically in in the book of acts they were baptized in or into the name of jesus that's Mm. basically how far we can say with certainty yeah Mm. and then obviously by somebody who had uh, already been baptized you know Mm. another christian it was uh, we don't see in scripture people baptizing themselves, mm-hmm. so perhaps it's the other thing we can say of a, a method is that mm. it's by somebody else, yeah.
0: Yeah, when in their Christian walk in their Christian life were they baptized? Is there a, a pattern that we can see,
1: yeah? So uh, the pattern we see in the book of acts is like you you already mentioned with cornelius peter saying well basically his first response is well why can't they be baptized or uh, now they ought to be baptized and so usually on the first day or very soon mm-hmm. um, and the philippian philippian jailer even in the middle of the night after they um, be, became believers in jesus so we can see that it's quite an urgent thing in the Book of Acts,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. and there doesn't seem to be any time requirement. Kind of you, you have to be a I don't know. You have to do a a one year course, or you have to uh, prove that you're serious about this for six months That's, or something like that. We don't see anything like yeah. that in the Book of Acts. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that the Philippian jailer was baptized in the middle of the night. I don't think that is a, <laughs> a recipe for baptism. <laughs> or can we say anything about the time of the day when people were baptized? No,
1: that's one of the few where it seems clear it was in the middle of the night. Uh, most of the time, we don't know the time of day or the day of the week. You know, was it on a Sunday? Was it on a Monday? We, we just don't know
0: yeah. it's just and that state. one almost seems to refer or be more an answer to our previous question like when in their journey with Jesus were they baptized really as as soon as they they got it kind of both yeah. in in repentance and in faith when 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 they got it they were baptized and it yeah. was yeah. so urgent that he was even baptized in the middle of the night. Of yeah. course he that there, there was also persecution at play in that <laughs> case and so on so yeah yes. okay maybe you can wait until the next morning in real life in our daily life i don't know <laughs> okay last question was there a specific day of the week that the disciples seem to like to baptize people
1: i don't think there's a single time we can be I, i've tried to make some deduction like okay well it's a day of Jesus was raised from the dead here and then 40 days passed and you know what what day of the week it might have been um, that the 3,000 people were baptized on one day you really have to do that sort of math Mm -hmm. it's not important maybe Mm -hmm. here and there it's like what seems it was on the Sabbath again it it's not emphasized as important Mm -hmm. in the book of Acts that's basically the answer to almost all these questions mm-hmm. it's not emphasized as important yeah except maybe the first one of who is being baptized
0: yeah and yeah so we we you, you already said actually we we can we can learn a lot from what is not being said also as we as we look for for implications for today of course for our own making of disciples so if we look at that question again, that first question, who was being baptized, what is not said, who's who's not being baptized, and what does that imply for our practice mm. today?
1: Well, um yeah, in a in a sense asking the the not question, what is not done or who is not baptized is is very wide, but we don't see, for example, that oh the Roman governor governor comes to faith and he's baptized and then he says Of course, now all the hundred troops under me will be baptized. Mm. Or the governor of some area, and he says, well, now my whole province is Christian and everyone must be baptized. Mm. We do not, we see that perhaps later in in church history, Mm -hmm. uh, but um, if we are now to judge if that was the right thing or not, according to the book of Acts, according to what we see there, that's not what they did. Mm -hmm. Um, So... As we said before, people who've repented, people who've believed in Jesus, who've turned their lives around and who say, mm-hmm. I want to be baptized. So it's a, a personal thing as well.
0: Yeah. And then what, what does it not say about who is doing the b- baptizing? Mm.
1: So, yeah, who is doing the baptizing? As we said, it's... There isn't, it's not emphasized as important that it was Paul, that it was Peter or so, and um, the important thing was that they were baptized into the name of Jesus, but it doesn't have to be the apostle. Doesn't have to be a pastor. It doesn't have to be a missionary. You know, mm, if we now indeed, make it practical actually, for today, later
0: when when Paul writes to the Corinthians, he he makes it a point that he didn't yes. baptize a lot of them, and and almost yeah. emphasizes that as something very good because it is exactly not about yes. some people following him exactly. or some people following exactly. Apollos, he but it is about Jesus.
1: Yeah, he didn't want to give them any temptation to say. I somehow had a baptism than you mm. because it was some famous Christian. Oh, I was baptized by Paul. And I actually know of of uh, missionaries. Mm. If people come to them and say, oh, but you must baptize me, then they refuse mm. because they say, then you have the wrong idea. Mm-hmm. It's not about who does the baptism. So the fact that you asked me so specifically mm. means that you've disqualified yourself. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, so it's, it's really not about the who. And I want to make it uh, very clear to people listening to this, I think most of you would not be typically the people in church who would be asked to do a baptism. Um, there are some uh, churches who think differently about this, but usually it's the pastor, it's uh, maybe an elder, but usually not just any believer mm-hmm. or the person who led this person to, to Jesus. Um Something that I find great in the who did the baptizing mm-hmm. is to baptize together. Like I really, most of the baptisms that I've done has been with somebody else and even three people together. Mm-hmm. I find that great. And you, you get to share in the, the experience and just help the person and lift them up out of the water and so on. So, yeah, it's not, it doesn't have to be a famous or yeah, powerful person, um, shall we say. But uh, I want to encourage you to go and and baptize people and, and obey Jesus in this.
0: Yeah, we've already seen that that it is not mentioned specifically that there were specific witnesses there. What what does that yeah. mean for us? So
1: today? I I ask this question usually uh, because many people in the um, coming from a Baptist tradition specifically. Uh, teach that there have to be some witnesses, that the important thing about baptism is that there are witnesses that that, that see that you are now becoming part of the, the body of Christ or things like that. And so that's the, because we, we are asking the question sort of in a negative way, like, um, yeah, there were not any witnesses specifically mentioned and it was never mentioned that it was important. Mm. So, um, again, wonderful if there are witnesses. Let's share in the joy. Let's be there and and. Um... Yeah, and
0: I, I think what we can what we can say is, something is probably wrong if somebody says I do not want any witnesses yes. at my baptism. Also yeah. with having spoken about faith, where we we said faith is verbal, faith includes yeah. a very clear confession. uh a coming out of sorts. Hey, I am now following Jesus. I am starting a new life. So if somebody says, "Oh no, no, no," I just I just want to keep it quiet. That is, yeah, serious question yes. mark whether mm, yeah.
1: they are whether they are ready
0: to be baptized. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. on the other hand, also we have baptized people in situations where where they were visiting us and they actually live in another country, so yeah. they didn't know anyone mm-hmm. except for us. It would have been a little bit odd to say, oh, wait, we, we can't baptize you. We first have to invite a bunch of strangers that don't know you, that yeah. they can kind of physically be present here. We yeah. don't see a precedent for that in the New Testament. No. But that person, of course, will witness about their baptism, will share. I was baptized there and and this yeah. is what God did. This is what I did.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Then again, the location Let's let's think a bit about what does
1: yeah. So what is not yeah. mentioned mm. is oh, they were baptized at the cathedral. They were mm. baptized in the church. They were baptized in you know the um I, there are so many different words that different denominations use for where somebody gets baptized in the church, in the building, or on the side, or um not important according mm. to the New Testament. So. If you were baptized in a river or in the ocean or in a church building in a specifically made um, place for you to be baptized, um, those are all great. Mm-hmm. Um, I know of some people who baptized um, a group of people, uh, well, one by one, but in uh like garbage bins <laughs> just because that's what they had mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was the most suitable thing to fill with water and baptize people so yeah where did it happen well yeah in a negative way like it didn't have to happen mm-hmm. in a special place in the temple in the church also but of course it can
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah um then let's let's think about the fact that there's not a specific recipe or method that's being mm. passed down to us
1: yeah so of course this is one where i understand that some churches or denominations would say well you've got to stick to something you've mm. got to come up with something we baptize like this and that helps that there's some continuity or that the person knows what's coming or the the person who's baptizing just in the moment they don't stumble over their words and think oh what am i doing i'm I'm ruining somebody else's experience or their baptism. So I think it's good, actually, to to know beforehand, this is what I'm going to say, and this is the order of things in which we're going to do it. But if a church comes and makes something very, very strict and say, you must say this, you must say that, then, again, deviating from from Scripture. I think something that comes out quite often is people saying, yeah, but Jesus said you must be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, This part of the Great Commission, mm. commanded people. But actually, if you look at the book of Acts, they never quote that of mm. Jesus. They say people were baptized into the name of Jesus, um, or into Jesus, or in the name of Jesus. So, I would certainly be quite happy if people are baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy mm. Spirit. But if people are baptized in the name of Jesus, then that's actually the majority of scripture um, says that people were baptized in the name of Jesus. But it's not about. It's not get nitpicky about words. I think mm-hmm. that's that's what I want to say with this. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, there doesn't have to be a, a formula that's no, being said. No, or... because there
1: isn't one in mm-hmm. scripture. And so often we are looking for formulas and things as like for safety or just knowing, knowing we've got it right or our church has got it right. But um, we we risk alienating other people if we if we do it like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've seen that people in the New Testament were baptized very quickly. What does that mean for us?
1: Yeah. So it means that of course we need to make sure that people who will be will get baptized have a good, solid faith in Jesus. They know who Jesus is. But this could have happened half an hour ago. Mm-hmm. It could have been a very miraculous thing or just a very clear, this person really met Jesus. Plus that there's a change in heart. There's a change in action. There's that that fruit of repentance. That's something that John the Baptist looked for and people said, show me fruit of your repentance. Show me practically something has changed in your life. And then I'll baptize you. So that is still very important. But for some groups of people to say, oh, you must go through a year or a two-year course, or you must attain this and this and this, or even, oh, you must wait until Sunday because there's a, a baptism happening at church. And this person thinks, oh, it's Tuesday. And I don't know what I will say to Jesus if I stand before him tomorrow. And I said, oh, I'm waiting until Sunday. If if Jesus is really putting it on somebody's heart, you need to be baptised, mm. then let's do as Peter and um, the um, Paul and the, the other apostles did, and baptise people immediately. Yeah, as soon as, as they're ready. As soon as they qualify. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And again, I think it is uh, a, an appropriate thing to to come back to this metaphor that we're using a lot in this podcast of discipleship being like spiritual parenting. And if discipleship is spiritual parenting, then baptism is really, according to the New Testament, part of the birth. Mm. And yes, there are, um, there are cases where <laughs> For example the umbilical cord would only be cut after a while but in generally in general it is just cut immediately you know you you want to you want to finish the birth yes there there have to be certain things in the birth that have to happen in a certain order but you cannot start your life when you are still being born you you have to be born completely and then you can start your life and mature and grow and so also as we as we think about baptism let's let's realize that according to the new testament baptism is really part of the birth and that is why it should happen as fast as possible as fast as reasonable also not rushed but yeah it doesn't have to happen after a trial period after uh, gaining a lot of knowledge period when a certain age of a person is reached or so but yeah so we have spoken about a lot of practicalities regarding baptism today looking specifically at the new testament our kids are still not asleep So we are going to end this episode here actually and in the next episode we will dig a little bit more into the theology of baptism where today was just well, how did they do it? What happened practically? And that is a very important part but that is one of the beautiful things of the Christian faith that so often there's this very practical, very physical part and then there's a very deep and rich spiritual part underlying that and mirroring it and completing it and that is what we'll be talking about next time but thank you very much for listening and we are looking forward to continue this conversation